Welcome to the Candidate Experience Talks, a 15-minute deep dive where we explore real-life candidate experience tactics through honest talks with experts in recruitment and talent acquisition. With me, Sima Vanessankel, let's go! In this episode, gender neutrality is a hot topic to create more equal workplaces, but our own prejudice stops us. It's especially a challenge in the male-dominated tech industry. The solution to this is gender-neutral candidate experiences. In this episode, Jessica, an international tech consultancy company, Columbus, will tell you her story on how they managed to attract more women by writing more gender-neutral job ads with help from technology and structured processes. Hi, Jessica, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Talks podcast. Hi, Simon. Nice to be here. Yeah, nice to having you. And we're going to have a focused chat on a gender neutrality work that you've done at Columbus. So uh, can you start by explaining? Because I know that there was something that got you started on gender neutrality uh, after a chat with one of the managers. Can you tell a bit more about that? I think it was actually the first position I was going to recruit for when I started at Columbus in the beginning of 2018. And we were talking about this position that he wanted to hire, and it was a sales position. And I was writing down very unstructured, you know, what he wanted and who I was looking for. And when I looked at this, and also when I was going to write the ad later, I realized that he had a had a man, a young man, even in mind, and it wasn't strange because he had such good success with another team member who happened to be a young man, and he wanted the same. He wanted another one of those, and it, it was so easy to slip into that. To that, I want another one of those, and the ad was directed. It's like you li- you limit you limit what you want by by thinking that yeah, let let's just find another one like the one we found before. Yeah, exactly. And I I realized that my ad was then addressed to a young male. I use those type of words, you know, unconsciously we use those type of words. And when we describe people, just, just think about how we describe people's looks. We will say that a woman is pretty and a man is handsome. We can also say that these two people are good looking. And then we, then we are neutral because both men and female will be good looking. Mm. But we would not say that a man is pretty. He can be, of course, but we wouldn't use that word. I, I, I agree. And I think people do that. Uh, unintentionally uh, all the time. I, I think I do that as well. But what, what, having this chat, what, what happened then? What did you do then? You, you started thinking. Yeah. Yeah, we start to just challenge this. In the beginning, it was very unstructured. We just thought about this, you know, in the recruitment team, me and my manager, Alexander, was just like, okay, how can we change these words? How can we use words that are applying for both men and females? And then we sort of sat down and was trying to rethink it from the start. Where are our starting points? And our starting points when we recruit uh, are from personas. We have three personas that we mostly recruit with tech company. There's developers, there's business consultants, and there are product managers. And we had those. And those have quotes, they have the motivations, they have pictures on them. So we should have this picture of who are we looking for, who are our main targets. And they were, they were not gender neutral. I mean, it was, it was Coder Kalle. He had, it was a man. And the picture was a man. He had a male name. It was like, wait, so we already are sort of probing ourselves, you know, unconsciously. Because, of course, most developers are males. 
doesn't mean that our target group is only males. So we sat down and we challenged this and we took our personas and redid them. We redid them gender neutral. So now we have Coder Kim and Kim could be both a man and a female. And the picture is of a man and a female. We try to also think about, you know, diversity, not having just Swedish or Nordic looking people, having very Swedish sounding names, try to be more international with our names and keep them gender neutral. Um, and it was really interesting work to do that. Yeah, trying to trying to tear down all walls to make this really like gender neutral and 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 don't try to align something with a typical recruitment. So, but it, you said that you were three persons centrally doing this. I mean, the structure at Columbus, I think it's a lot of persons doing interviews and writing job ads. How did you establish this internally? Most of the job ads are actually written by us in the recruitment department. The manager doesn't do that. We we sort of keep that close to us. And we have always been working with marketing, being part of the marketing department, working with inbound recruitment and inbound marketing as our way of working and how we view our process and what we try to achieve. With that comes a perspective that you should put yourself in, you know, an outside perspective, not think, what do we want? Think more about what do the people we want, what do they want and how can we help them? Yeah, I... I... In, in a previous candidate experience talks with Tommy, he was talking a lot about how he wanted marketing to be involved in recruitment. And he also talked about the outside picture. Candidates looking at our, uh, this workplace, uh, us as an employer, what do they see and what do we want them to see? Exactly. And as we have the control of all the ads, we can do these things that we we did several things. We also structured the before process, but, you know, the, the requirement profile really going in to see what type of questions are we asking? Are we asking the same questions? And also trying to do a lot of interviews with people in this position. Then then gender, of course, comes neutral because if I interview a man, then it's going to be his picture and his words. If I interview a woman, it's going to be the same thing. But actually thinking, who are we going to interview for this? It has to be, you know, try to keep it balanced, try to, when we use pictures, try to make sure that there's both males and female and diversity in it. And also if we can't find these pictures, we decided then go for a funny one because humor knows no discrimination. So then everybody with humor can be like, <laughs> ah, I identify with this. I can only agree. So so, so your first, from, from having this first chat where you kind of realized that, oh, like you picture a man, like the same age and everything when you want to hire the next one for, for a similar position. So going from this, you just said that you were kind of unstructured in the beginning. So, so you, you just yourself out there starting doing this and and what what has happened along the way here how did you structure this uh, it was the requirement profile at first that we really structured what type of questions do we ask um, actually limited the amounts of hard qualifications that you can have because research has shown that if you have like this huge list with all these wish and wants and whatever it's gonna stop women from applying because if they feel they need usually this is generalization of course this is not on an individual basis they feel like they need to have a hundred percent of all uh, requirements to apply while males are fine with just having a few of them which means that we detain women for having them so the rule on the requirement profile is four hard you know um hard requirements you can't have more and if you want language like a local language a language is not english to be one of them then, then it has to be one of these four. Then you have to take away something else. And this is for the diversity point as well, because sometimes we get lazy. You know, 
well, it's easier to have somebody in the group who's, you know, who speaks English, uh, who speaks Swedish, because we all speak Swedish. It's like, hey, that's lazy thinking. That's not a like a hard requirement for being the best person for the job. So they have to not only make sure that they only have four, that language is one of them, and they have to also motivate if Swedish is a requirement, you have to motivate why. It has to be document, documents they have to understand in Swedish, has to be customer requires Swedish, has to be an absolute must for for that position. Okay, so you, you work with the personas, you limited the hard requirements to four, but that, that, those are two things, but I also know that you did something with the job ads. Yes, we find a gender decoder sort of website really is a tool that if you put your ad in English in there, it will actually tell you if it's feminine or masculine or neutral coded. So we do that on all our texts. We did that on the, you know, on the on the personas as well, making sure that text was neutral or feminine. Um, and they have to be neutral or feminine coded because according to science, males don't care. They, they apply for everything. But women can be deterred if it's very strongly manly, manly you know, masculinely coded. And that's really good. And it's also just doing this like on a routine basis, making sure that all our ads go through that process before they are published has helped a lot. And we can really see that on our statistics from when we started doing this to how it looks today. So if you want numbers, I have some of those as well. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so before um, we started, then 20, uh, 23% of all applications were women. After doing this, 34% of the applications are women. And we've been pretty stable around these higher numbers later on. Um, and it's also made us hire a bit more women. Uh, before we were at 33% of hiring women. Now we are around 35, 36, depending on the year. But we have kept these higher numbers, especially the higher numbers of applications. So we saw a pretty drastic one of how many women who are applying to our positions after actually doing this. Yeah, and, and, and you hire more women as well. Yeah, we do. So that's, we, we know for sure that, that those actions that you've taken uh, also uh, has given you the results you wanted as well to hire more women, get a more diverse workplace. Yeah, I mean, we want to be around the 30, 35 number of women anyway, because that's that's how the market looks. And we want to match the market. The supply of women on the tech market is around 30, 35%. So we want to be there probably slightly higher, but uh, we want to be around there. Yeah, and you are today as well. So so, so I understand. But, but uh, I mean, it's simple because internally you said that you work with the personas and that's in the group of three. I mean, re, uh, and, and making the job ads, you said that they are written centrally. So you could make that centrally as well. Uh, but and and the hard requirements. But what about like the managers that conducts the interviews? Did you do anything on that end as well to to help them be gender neutral? We did a lot of those things for them to become better interviewers. It wasn't necessarily with a, a gender neutrality in mind, but that actually is a consequence of that. So we have actually trained all our managers in Sweden in competency-based interview methods, and that's actually been a global now. So we 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 trained them. Um, physically, because this was before Corona, uh, we went around and trained them all to how to do this interviews. And then we also made it uh, last year, we made it to a sort of e-learning that is now global. So all global managers who are recruiting in Columbus should do this training, should learn about how to use tests, because tests are gender neutral, so at least those that we use, 
how to use competence-based questions where you don't ask you you don't ask questions that shouldn't be there. And I had a lot of questions with manager about why this is important. You shouldn't ask about sort of what's your interest, what's your family situation necessarily, because that could fall really hard on women. Because if their family situation is they have small kids, for example, people can be prejudiced to that, especially in consultant roles. That's not our business. Um, we should look at the competences they had and make sure that we don't ask those wrong kind of questions. Just connecting over, oh, you like golf, like totally irrelevant for the unavailable role, not at all irrelevant. Not, not relevant at all. So, so in a way, by limiting uh, and more working competence-based interviews, you limited the questions that were not supposed to be included and not relevant for the role. And in that way, you meant that many of those uh, questions that were asked before uh, were not working for gender no, I neutrality. Think they were. I think that being unstructured is one of the greatest sort of you know, mishaps that you can do if you want to really succeed in this, succeed in being gender neutral, in being fair, really, in your recruitment process. Because then it's up to, you know, these one particular manager's, you know, gut feeling or method or whatever. And that could be, I mean, I, I can't trust my own gut feeling. And I have a very structured process that I always follow. So to make sure that everybody gets the same chance to impress me regardless. So that's the, that's the important thing, really. Um, and it's, it's a, it is a challenge. It's a challenge from a diversity perspective. It's a challenge from a gender perspective because I, as everybody, I have my prejudice, of course. We, we can't hide that. We can't pretend that we don't. So that's why I lean on structure too because sometimes when I see a name or I see a background or they tell me things about the personalized that I don't really need to know, but sometimes they're in there and I happen to read it in the resumes or whatever. I have an idea about who this person is. Of course, I can't help that. So I rely heavily on my structure to make sure that I still go through with everything, giving this person a chance, the same chance as everybody else. So uh, let's wrap this up with three yeah. quick questions. So what's your favorite HR tool? Well, when it comes to this, I am so happy for this gender decoder that I have. It's a great tool. It's on the web. It's free. I'd be happy to share it. And the only thing is that you need to translate your text into English. And I actually used to use Google Translate if I write in Swedish and then put it in just to get a general idea about where where am I? Am I gender? Am I neutral? Am I female? Am I masculine coded in my words? We'll share the link. And uh, what's your favorite metric? I really, really enjoy um, looking at how much money we save as an in-house recruitment team compared to how much it will cost the, the company to use external recruitment. That's something we are measured on, and that's probably one of my favorites. That and the quality of hire that we do. Those are the two KPIs that we actually are measured on, and those are my favorites. And what's your favorite book or content? <sighs> I don't know if I have one favorite, but uh, some I would actually really recommend is Work Rules by Laszlo Burke who worked for Google, I think still do, does that. And he sort of wrote about this idea around Google and how they sort of build their structure, everything from employee branding to employee experience. And I think there's a lot of interesting things um, to read and learn about there. Just taking away, you don't have to take all of it, but a lot of it is really interesting. Work Rules by Laszlo Box. So that, that, that was the last question to you, Jessica. And I, I'm going to thank you loads for, for being here, sharing your experiences and your tips on how one can start working with gender neutrality or excel the work they already do, learning from your experiences. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was really nice. 
Thank you for listening. If you liked it, join our Candidate Experience Talks community on LinkedIn, where we share exclusive guest content, discussions, and full video episodes of the show. Search for Candidate Experience Talks on LinkedIn and you'll find the community. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app. Until next time, take care and turn those candidates into promoters. <laughs>